following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Thursdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are brought to you by Josh Garvey and his team at Bean Garter. At the end of the year, they'll be merging with Dorn Mayhew from the east side of the state, and they'll be stronger together. They can help your business from retirement planning, payroll, audits, tax help, and more. Go to BeanGarter.com to find out about the merger and also how Bean Garter is stronger together with Dorn Mayhew. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. Thursdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are presented by Josh Garvey and his team at Bean Garter. We are back live, hour number three on a Thursday. Superfly Hayes just doing stellar work. Clayton Safey for the Wolverine.com joining us for one final segment, just marveling at the professionalism of Superfly Hayes and what he brings to the table connected to this show. Now we've talked to Clayton about a lot of different things connected to Michigan football. If you missed any of it, just search the huge show where you download podcasts you can catch up michigan opens up september 2nd at noon at the big house against east carolina well what's that schedule next year include ucla usc and texas is that correct yeah at usc ucla at home and mm. texas at home texas at home being first uh, and you'll be at ohio too. state right and at ohio state it wow. gets real in 2024 that's why as we've talked I mean, you expand the Big Ten a little bit more. If you add Washington and Oregon, then you're talking about even two more teams to deal with at, towards the top, potentially. Yeah, Washington could be a college football playoff team this year. Right. And, and with you know billions in this new TV deal, they want Big Ten high draws like Michigan playing quality teams. That's why I think what's going to be eliminated as we grow to these power conferences and if the Big Ten grows anymore and the presidents gave the commission uh, the right to go look into adding Washington and Oregon and maybe even Stanford and Cal, that your your non-conference games are going to disappear. Your conference is going to be so strong that there are great matchups for fans and TV ratings because they need the ratings yeah. for that number that they're given in the billions. And I think you're going to lose. Because look at these cupcake games for Michigan. East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Now, next year, when you add UCLA and USC, and maybe you add Washington and Oregon, I don't know if that would be next year or down the road, wouldn't you rather see conference games and a conference that will go to 16 next year? Right. So that means you could play no non-conference. You could play 12 quality opponents from, from the Big Ten if you're Michigan. Yeah, maybe ten quality opponents and like Rutgers and and you know a couple of those teams. Well, and but no, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, sure. so I'd rather see those games. Yeah, I mean it's like looking at the Michigan schedule last hour with you, Clayton. East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green. Nothing. I have nothing personal against any of these schools. Mm-hmm. And even you throw in Rutgers and Nebraska. We'll see what Rule does. You know, and Michigan and Minnesota. I, the really the. That, that Those two games it gets going. So there's like a month of preseason for Michigan. Yeah, you may not have your coach either. Um, so it'll be, 
Yeah, and it's kind of what they did last year, too. I mean, it was actually kind of funny. There was a point at the, about the midseason last year. I think it was Mason Graham, who was a freshman D-tackle, was looking back at those first few games, and he accidentally referred to it as the preseason. It kind of feels like that's what Michigan has built. And, of course, they play Texas early on next year, as we mentioned. But, yeah, I mean, Michigan's not the only team doing it. Uh, you know, you see it around college football, too. And then you see the SEC – they expand. They add Texas and Oklahoma, but they decided they're going to stick with eight conference games, even in 2024. Uh, so, yeah, they may play a Power 5 team in their non-conference, but they still have three cupcakes. And a lot of them, you see Alabama will play like the Citadel in mid-November, right before they play Auburn. Or Louisiana Monroe or something. Exactly. One of those teams. Um, so, you know, everybody's guilty of a little bit of it. Um, you know, I think it could hold Michigan back if they do lose a game. Let's say to Ohio State, you know, people were talking last year about their schedule being potentially something that would hold them back of getting into the four team. But now it's going to be 12 teams in 2024 anyway. So, yeah, I think we're going to, you know, they're going to stick with nine conference games for now. But if they expand any further, you're going to get to a point where you don't play a team for three years. So maybe they do add more conference games. And, and looking at the SEC's model right now is that strength of schedule is a big factor uh, with the playoff committee, yeah, it is a it is a monster factor with the playoff committee. Matter of fact, Michigan's lack of strength of schedule to start uh, 2022 hurt the team. Yeah, I mean because and, and they were kind of expected, right? I mean they were touchdown underdog. They were expected to lose to Ohio State, and everyone was saying, would they get in? You know, with one loss because of how weak their non conference schedule was. Now they had USC lose. You know. The chips kind of fell that way, and then Ohio State gets in anyway because Michigan wins, so it was kind of a moot point. But that could be something there. Um, you know, I think as you expand to 12, though, you wouldn't worry about it as much. I mean, one lost Michigan, two lost Michigan, you're getting in the 12, and then, you know, you take your shot. How do you think they're going to do the uh, conference championship game? I think they're going to use the playoff committee top two teams from the Big Ten, and playoff committee rankings will play in the Big Ten championship game. That's going to be interesting because you could have a, based on the cycle of the schedule, whether it's strong or weak. That's true. And you you could have a one, two loss team that might have a better strength of schedule number uh, than a one loss or undefeated team. Or you could have a team that lost early, but then climbs back up the rankings and a team that lost late, like a Michigan or Ohio State, who for now at least, play at the end of the season so that's going to be interesting you were the first one i heard to bring that up so i guess you can take credit for it but i think i think there's a good chance of that happening because otherwise or at least that'll be built into one of the tiebreakers because otherwise why didn't they release what the tiebreakers are going to be when they release the schedule and when, when they release the model that they're going to go with without division so i think they're I waiting think until after the season so there's none of this argument going on because it's the last year of East and West, and I think that's fair for because the the playoff committee does factor strength of schedule. Yeah, they, they factor that in, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I think that's a, a big key uh, for Michigan, and and that's why I think conferences will see that because now when it expands to twelve teams, they're going to know we didn't get in because we're playing cupcakes, and the SEC is going to be lobbying, but you're playing the cupcakes. You know what's funny too is, let's say. There's a tiebreaker. Big Ten chooses the teams that are ranked 
the two highest in the college football playoff, you may not want to get selected because then one of those two teams Could get is going to lose, right? And you either get a worse seed or you get bounced. So there's so many layers from the this. expanded 12 team yes, format. Yes, from the 12 team playoff, right? So we're living in a world where I think starting in 2024, the Big Ten championship is going to mean less. It may be harder to win, absolutely, but it's going to mean less because you can still get in the dance. You know, with one or two losses as a 10 seed and you're competing for a national championship, you could be a five seed or a six seed or a seven seed. You're hosting a playoff game and you didn't even win your conference. So it's going to be like basketball where a team doesn't win their conference. I mean, look at Michigan in 2013. They're in the national title game. They didn't win the Big Ten. They lost to Indiana on their home floor to, to clinch 2018. They didn't win the Big Ten, but they were in the national championship game. So we're getting close to that, I think, too. And think about this, which has been openly discussed on this show and uh, even mentioned uh, between uh, Ryan Day and Harbaugh's presser. What about the possibility of the Michigan game, Michigan-Ohio State, the game, being moved away from the end of the season, maybe to earlier in the year to give that loser a chance to come back and make it to the Big Ten title game and also avoid the fact that you could have back-to-back Michigan, Ohio State. So if they keep it at the end of the year, mm-hmm. when it when it expands to twelve teams in the playoff, you could have Michigan, Ohio State in the game in either Columbus or Ann Arbor. You could have them the two highest ranked in the Big Ten championship game, and in a twelve team playoff, they could meet in the opener or the second round. So the chances are, and again, it may be slim, it may be better than most think. So over a month period, let's say give or take yeah. a few days. You could have Ohio State, Michigan three times. It'd be crazy. That's why I think you need to move the game off the end of the year. Traditions are out the window. USC, UCLA coming to the Big Ten. It's, it's a different animal today. And if they played and they found, just like, uh, and someone mentioned this, uh, who, who was it last week on the show, saying, maybe it was Stout, that if you did it like on a weekend where Texas, Oklahoma do the Red River shootout, right? And you made it somewhere in October. Rivalry week. Where, where the weather's still nice. And the loser would have a chance to come back through the rest of the Big Ten schedule, which you mentioned is going to get tougher and could even hit another level if Oregon and Washington come into the Big Ten. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's tough because, yeah, if you play two weeks in a row or even two times in general – it kind of devalue. You think Day or Harbaugh wants that? I know the Michigan fans would love it. I know the Ohio State fans well, would love it, but I don't think the football programs want it. Yeah. So Day brought up saying that you know at Big Ten Media Day that he thinks it's worth a conversation. That you know he talked all about it, and then of course he got you know people were clowning him on social media saying, oh, it's you know he just doesn't want to lose to them twice in a row, or whatever. Could you imagine losing either side, all three games to Ohio State, three times terrible. in one year. Think about how, how the dead. Michigan fan was distraught after blowing that TCU Final Four game and Ohio State was a field goal away. Right. Right? A field goal away. From being double-digit favorites in the national championship. That's what I mean. Yeah. I I know people, oh, it's the game, it's the game. No, it could move to a primetime game uh, in early October. It could. There you go. I think so for now they're locked into 2024, 2025. They're sticking with that last weekend i think it's gonna switch i do but i I do like ryan day brought this up too and again you know he got some negative feedback on social media but he was bringing up some decent points they built in some flexibility to this schedule where they're going to do the two years 
and then they're going to figure it out from there. And I think a lot of what they do next is going to have to do with what plays out in 24 and 25. Are we going to get rematches one or both years? Are we going to get, you know, potentially the two teams playing three times? Then I think you change it. Um, but it's it's going to be interesting. And I don't know how many times they actually would play two weeks in a row. I think we could see it. But if you add those teams in as we talk about, you know, maybe maybe they avoid that and both teams end up in the playoff anyway and – you know, maybe they play, maybe they don't. And I think it's protection with, with the expanded 12-team playoff format because you're talking about the interest in a Big Ten title, the interest in a Big Ten championship game. I think with the 12-team playoff, there's more interest from a school's fan base and maybe even a school on winning a national championship than a conference championship. Yeah. So you move Ohio State-Michigan to the first week, night game in October. And the loser has two months to try and find their way back to the Big Ten championship game or the 12 team playoffs. Because you're right, that loser, and, and if it's back to back, they're for they're done for sure. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah, I'm, if you lose you're gonna be able to almost lose three games and still be that twelfth team in the playoffs. It goes back to what you were talking about, strength the schedule. Depends on who you who lose Who you to. lose to. Yeah. Let's say you lose to Ohio State twice and USC once, and those teams are top five. I mean, you probably sneak in at 11 or 12, I would think. Um, I don't want Ohio State-Michigan three times in the same year. I don't. No, I don't want it either. I don't mind a rematch. I've always said this, that you know, when they're both still in the East the last year, that a rematch in the college football playoff. Oh, it'd be epic. Yeah, it would. And, and that would be so. But that I, was when there was four teams. Right. When it was four teams. And I mean, I think everyone in the state here, at least Maze and Blue people, they wanted a rematch in 06. Um, you know, no one would have had a problem with that. So if it's playing but for that a officiating crew has been so good in Columbus. Yeah, that's right. And Michigan, Ohio State rivalry history. Yeah. The crews, plural. Well, that's why neutral field, you know. People wanted it, but uh, night game early October, kick off the Big Ten season every year with Ohio State. Prime time. It. I'm not there yet. I'm I kinda like the tradition of it. You want back to back? You want a week a week in between? I don't know. Well, it, you know, seriously, it, like I said, the Big Ten title games are gonna move back off of Thanksgiving weekend to the week before because the conference championship games are going to go on Thanksgiving weekend. So we're starting a week earlier then? Yes. Okay. I think they're starting a week earlier on the August. season as well. Okay. So probably starting that week of August 25th, yeah. 26th, whatever it is. Because they got to fit in all the playoff games. Yeah. Right? So we're going to get, yeah, I mean, it could be three. Three times. In four weeks. That is not crazy. In about five-week period if you were playing in, let's say, the college football championship game. Yeah. Which is going to still be like January, what you know, eighth, eighth or something. something. So that'd be five, that five, is. five and a half weeks. No way. No, not, neither program wants it. No, especially too. I mean, Ohio State is a superior talent. If you're looking at from a Michigan standpoint, beating them once is pretty darn impressive. Beating them two times in a row, beating them three times. I mean, you beat them once. That should kind of be it, you know, but then you you could come back and lose the next game and you're out of the playoff or something like that. Clayton Savey from the Wolverine.com. Really good stuff today, man. Thanks, thanks. for stopping in. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, good man. It. He has some uh, personal opinions on Michigan football and the Big Ten. It's awesome.
I do have that message once again for my friends on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. If you want to get that winning feeling with money lines, props, parlays, and more, you can bet on your favorite sports and take a shot at huge wins. New customers who download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE when they sign up can score 100 and $50 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5 on anything. Plus, all customers can take their winnings up to the next level with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place your parlay by combining multiple bets from a single game for a shot at even bigger payouts. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code HUGE when you sign up and new customers can score $150 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5 on anything. That's code HUGE only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up in Michigan only. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility. And deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Now, if you missed any of my conversation about Michigan football in the Big Ten with Clayton Safey, uh, just search the huge show where you download podcasts and you can catch up and listen on your schedule. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. In the den. Hey, sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. The Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. The Tigers have a day off after returning home from a road trip in Miami and Pittsburgh. They'll use the day to rest up and welcome Tampa for a weekend series. The Rays, after starting 13-0 at one point, were the runaway favorites to win the American League, the American League pennant, and the World Series title. But that's why the trophy isn't handed out in June. They've been hit by injuries and have lost their home dominance. While the Rays focus on catching the Orioles in the East and fend off six teams for the top spot in the wild card, the Tigers will evaluate their players for the next two months, hoping to get a clearer idea of who they can build around and what they need to address in the offseason. It came sooner than most Tiger fans would want. Huge here for Matt Golden and his team at the Tullymore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, Michigan. They just got exciting news. Tullymore once again has been ranked as one of America's top 100 greatest public golf courses by Golf Digest. Number 73 in America. And you can experience Tullymore if you've never played before. You need to get up there. There's a Tullymore Golf Course, St. Ives, 36 holes, great stay and play accommodations, or if you just want to book a tee time, Tullymore is less than an hour north of GR. Go to TullymoreGolf.com. That is TullymoreGolf.com. You can book a tee time for this summer, stay and play package throughout the end of the year, or even look ahead to 2024. Go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com. And congrats to everybody at Tullymore for being named one of America's top 100 greatest public golf courses by Golf Digest. We played for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to 
up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older than Michigan to play. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back on a Thursday broadcast. I do want to thank Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com for stopping by. Speaking of stopping by, we had all the GLIAC football coaches from all across the state gather on the east side of Grand Rapids earlier this week to talk about the upcoming season in the powerful GLIAC conference. And by the way, one note, we'll hear from Sparky McEwen, the head football coach at Davenport. Our flagship station, 96.1 The Game, just announced that Davenport football uh, will air on 96.1 in the West Michigan area all season long. Speaking of Davenport, uh, Sparky at the GLIAC Media Days talked about his team, brought along a few players, and addressed the media on what lies ahead for the Panthers. All right, as mentioned, we've got the uh, Davenport Panthers up here now with head coach Sparky McEwen, uh, quarterback Jason Whitaker, and linebacker Julius Wilkerson. Uh, coach, let's start with last year before we get to this year. You guys had uh, a program great season across the board. You are the reigning uh, GLIAC coach of the year. You guys won eight games, made it to the playoffs for the first time. Tell me about how this program was able to get to where it was last year and how you build on that this season. You know, I think it started before uh, coming off the whole year. Uh, we returned some veteran players, and we lost some pretty tough games. Um, to the point where, you know, we said we return a lot of good football players, but we got to continue to work on our culture. You know, what does it look like to play like a champion? What does it look like to compete against champions? And then all of a sudden, there was a couple of transfers, you know, through the portal that came in and they bought into what we were doing there. And, man, I tell you what, those first four weeks, um, I think the turning point probably was the Michigan Tech game. We knew that we were going to be in for a dogfight. In that game, and the guys got down 17-0, fought that hard. No one came at that time. I said, we might have something here. So took off from there. They played well. Uh, health was pretty good for us throughout the year as well. And that plays a major part, you know, in this thing. I know that the young man from uh, Tech, they lost a pretty tough defensive lineman early. And that's tough on the football team, especially when you're that you mentioned culture being so important and, and maybe that COVID year helping you guys start to build that. What in your mind is um, makes a good culture? Well, for us, and these guys, they'll, they'll attest to this, uh, coming in, it's got to be genuine, okay? Any transfer, any youngster that comes into our program, you as a coach got to win over that. The parent, the player, they got to trust you as a coach, they got to trust you as student athletes, they got to trust you as assistant coaches. And we sell that the entire year, okay? For us, when we go to camp, we go to camp here in about three weeks. We leave the footballs behind, 
and we get to know each other. We go to Kenneth ski. I got a lot of Floridians on the team. They've never seen snow. So we go to Kenneth And they'll say, what is that? So that's, a, that's, a, that's a heel. Okay? With snow and ice. You know, so we do things like that. We go to the beaches. So these are all real life things. So now when we play games, it just works in this favor. Because you know you're playing with someone that you love. Are there any returning great skiers on the team that are, that are going to stand out? Well, number one, no line because we have a line to get into. Uh, but we have a couple of kids from Rockford that actually does a pretty good job. They show the guys, but we stick to the inner tools. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, that's, that's nice and easy. Uh, tell me about these two gentlemen that you brought with you today. So I got J-Dub and J-Dub. Okay. Wilkerson and Whitaker. Um, first of all, class. Class. Uh, one's playing quarterback in offense, and the other one's playing quarterback in defense. And when you have those kind of young people in your program, they're a little older. They understand what your needs are. They understand what the assistant coaches are. You know, they know what your university is all about. Uh, both of them, uh, they're the same guy. They're the same guy. Uh, Julius, he, he uh, transferred to us in the second semester. Outstanding young man, up for major awards across the country, and we lost a pretty you know, solid linebacker in last year, and we were able to replace him with Julius. And already, he's 100% in anything that he does, okay? And that sends a message to all the youngsters you know, that are part of our program. Um, and then Jason, obviously, playing quarterback. It was a nice transition for him because he played quarterback. I watched him play in high school, right over at Rockford. Knew we didn't have a chance at him. There were other kids who were recruiting. But I said, wow, that would be nice to you know, have him you know, someday. And obviously, he became available. And he made a, a position uh, change from tight end back to quarterback. Well, he, he, he passed with flying colors. You know, we led the league in passing. Uh, we drove a lot, you know, so uh, led the league in passing. And he, he fell in love with the game again. Didn't want to put high expectations on him. I just told him to go have fun. He did a good job of it. Jason, let's, uh, let's start with you. Uh, when I was talking to, to Coach McEwen this week, he said, you know, in basketball, there's, there's a gym rat. He said, Jason is a field rat. When did you turn into that person that just kind of soaks everything up and wants to learn as much as he can about the game? Hmm. Man, well, I think over my, my, my playing career, I think all my coaches have really kind of enveloped that into me. Um, it started with uh, Coach Munger, um, legendary Rockford coach. Um, he was all about, you know, being in the weight room, living, living in the film room, and um, you know, things like that. And I think it really just kind of carried over into uh, into college, uh, going to Northwestern. That it's the same type of culture there. Just, uh, you know, just anytime you can get extra work in, just just do it. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of been me for a while now. So, you know, it's not really something I think about. And um, just coming into Davenport, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to bring that to the to the team. You mentioned, uh, or Coach mentioned, transferring, going, starting in Rockford, going to Northwestern, and now coming back home. I mean, one, first, let's start with that. What is it like to be back and kind of play in the community that you grew up in? Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely feels full circle um, in the best way. And uh, I'm really grateful, and I honestly think it was God that, that brought me back here. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited. I was excited last year to play, and I'm excited to finish, you know, this season strong. And uh, yeah, it just, uh, you know, it's something that you can't really, uh, you know, when I went to transfer portal two years ago, I didn't really, uh, didn't really know where I was going to go. Um, I was playing tight end my last two years there at Northwestern. And so, and I, and I knew, I believed in myself at quarterback. And, um, you know, I'm just thankful that Coach Barkey took a chance on me. And, um, and yeah, it really feels full circle. From the offensive quarterback to the defensive quarterback, uh, Julius Wilkerson, 
Coming in and playing for Davenport for your first year here, tell us why this was the right fit for you. It was the right fit just because of the culture there at Davenport and the coaches and the players. Like They all showed me love all throughout the process of being in the transfer portal. They, I knew what kind of player I was and they made me feel like that as well. Um, since I've been there, greeting me with open arms, just like Coach said, we're the same person. We talked a lot, even though he's on the offensive side. Um, and I came with a little bit of familiarity because we got Myron Harris with us too. So I kind of knew he came a little bit before me. So he told me like kind of how it was beforehand. But great, great decision. I imagine it's not easy to go from from one spot and then try and be a leader in a brand new spot. But here you are, and coaches mentioned how much of a, of a leader you are on the defensive side. So how did you um, how did you make that transition? I guess so naturally. It's just about like. <laughs> Finding, finding the players, the players had a lot to do with it. My fellow peers, they kind of, like I said, just let me in and just allowed me to lead how I do. And, you know, you sit back for a little bit, kind of see how everybody is, what the vibe is about the team. And it just, it was a perfect match for the type of person I am and the type of team that they are. Let's go back to you, uh, Coach McEwen. I mean, last year you start the season so well, and then you play tough teams at the end, and it, it finishes. But you do get to the playoffs. Uh, you do so much that this program has not done before. And, and we talked about it earlier this week. I mean, you guys made the transition to D2. It, it was just, what, 2017, 2018, and, and here you are already excelling and kind of taking that next step. What do you think it is that can get you to take even that next bigger step in this conference? Consistency, you know, you gotta. <clears throat> no matter what you do, um, week in and week out, we're picked. We're picked last. You know, last year. It goes to show you, number one, us coaches don't know what we're talking about. Okay. Um, so you know that that meant nothing to us. Uh, just like we're picked third this year, it means nothing to us. Okay. These guys know we have a hashtag spot the ball. We we don't we don't care what the media thinks. We don't care what. The student body thinks we don't care what anyone thinks. Okay, we want to spot the ball, we want to play football, uh, social media, we don't care about it. They lock into who they are. Okay, and so for us, we feel like if you get caught up into what happened last year, you will not be able to make that next step. Okay, we talk about growth as a person. How much can you grow within this team? This team right here, he, you know, he comes on board in January. Already he's made a super impact. And I told him, I said, just be yourself. Be yourself and already the follow. Okay, so if we keep that philosophy, we keep in mind, you know, doing things the right way every single day, we'll be fine. You know, you get into those meaningful games. We talked about meaningful games. Um, who would have thought you're going to play uh, Sacramento Valley a chance to go to tournament? Who would have thought you're going to play GV in a championship game? You know, meaningful football games is what we're talking about. Jason, uh, speaking on those meaningful games and, and all the accomplishments last year, how much, first of all, how, how much fun did you have last year being a part of uh, a story, great season at Davenport, and then how much does that drive you to try and take that next level this season? Man, it was so much fun. You know, I think from the outside, everyone sees just the Saturdays, but between from Sunday to Friday, the practices, the meetings, like we had such a good time just like just being, being ourselves and being with the guys. Um, and yeah, it was awesome. And I think that's the that's what makes Davenport so special. I feel like is that uh, like Julius was talking about, our culture is just like different. And uh, 
you know, everyone, you know, from, from the inside out, like the heart of our culture, like the heart of our team, like is, is special. So uh, I think, uh, you know, and it, it shows out and just like having fun in practice and having fun in games. So I'm um, really excited to carry that forward to, uh, th to this year. And uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah, just excited. Julius, you're coming in, kind of uh, getting your first opportunity to compete with this squad this year, but you've been here for a little bit, you go through spring ball. Do you feel like this team has what it takes to try and take that next step forward this season? Most definitely. The only thing that's stopping us is us. Like, like uh, Coach and like um, Jason was talking about, we, we have a really great culture there, and we have people who are hungry to win, hungry to take that next step. It wasn't good enough just to get there. We want to get all the way. Coach, I uh, wanted to get a quick snippet from you on, uh, I know we're talking to, to two guys that represent the offense and the defense, but just what you're expecting on both sides of the ball from offense and defense this year. We want to keep it simple. We want to keep it simple. Um, we want the kids to play hard. Go out, compete, uh, you know, leave it on the line. Stop the ball, that's what it's all about. If you, if you start looking further down the schedule, further down the quarter, um, you're going to find yourself there, okay? We want these guys to uh, you know, fight where they're at right now. Be the best version of you. Uh, sitting back, watching this group, how they operate, how they work. Uh, sometimes as a coach, you can mess it up. Okay, this group here, you can step back. You know, <clears throat> Coach Anise talked a lot about best coach team is a player-led team. That's what these guys are about. Okay, player-led team, guys that you put out front as a coach and trust that they get it, that they understand it. You know, um, you know, culture is a catchphrase, man. It's been, it's, it's said a lot, but we're serious about it. If you don't fit the culture, you won't be with us. If you're part of what we do and how we operate, do it the right way. You know, you can successfully handle it. Jason, you've seen how this culture works, uh, having a breakout season last year and now trying to do it again this year. What's it like playing for this man? It's the best. It's the best. It's a lot of fun. Um, I had a little like profile thing that they did on Instagram, and I described Coach as lively, and that is uh, that's an understatement. He's uh, always making us laugh, always making us smile, and uh, he's, he's about it. So. So he has the jokes? Oh, he's got the jokes. <laughs> what do you think, lively? Is that, a, is that a good term to describe you? Depends on the day. <laughs> Depends on how you guys work out there, right? Put you in a good mood or not. Well, hey, we're looking forward to, to seeing how you guys follow up that historic season last year. The Davenport Panthers, Sparky McEwen, Jason Whitaker, and uh, the new linebacker, Julius Wilkerson. Uh, Wilkerson, I apologize, best of luck this year. That was Sparky McEwen and some of the Davenport University football team talking about their upcoming season at the GLIAC Media Days earlier this week in Grand Rapids. Remember, our flagship station, 96-1 The Game, uh, will carry all Davenport University football games with Rick Berkey on the call. Rick Berkey uh, calling Davenport football exclusively in Grand Rapids on 96-1 The Game, our flagship station. Time for another edition of Moving Ferris Forward. Each week we get together with Ferris State University President Dr. Bill Pink and other leaders in Big Rapids, Michigan, and talk about how they're moving Ferris forward. Dr. Pink, good to have you back. It is always good to be on the radio with you, my friend. Yeah, I was looking at the Pink Tour, and I'm not talking about the singer. I'm talking about Dr. Pink. I 
Saw you on your Ferris State University Facebook page at the Kalamazoo Growlers baseball game, then on a rooftop in Detroit uh, with your trustees and your Ferris State board talking about the present and future. A lot of great things happening with Ferris. We're excited right now, Bill. Um, When you talk about what we're doing and getting ready to do when it comes to Kalamazoo, Flint, Traverse City, Grand Rapids, Detroit, those are those five areas, those five student success hubs that will be standing up. We're excited about that. Our time that we spent at the Growlers was fun. Uh, had a good time with the with the baseball team and the and the crowd there. Uh, was uh, I was able to throw out the first pitch. You know that's always a shaky thing there. Throw out a first pitch, but uh, we were at least able to get it across the plate. But uh, we had a good time there and a good time in Detroit these last couple of days. All right, let's talk about these uh, student success hubs uh, that you're doing all across Michigan for people who are hearing this for the first time. Doctor Pink, take them inside. What your plans are. The, the focus on those hubs, it's not that we're not focused on our 18-year-old high school graduates. We love to get those. I mean, that we'll always be focused on them. Those hubs, while we will be focused on those folks, we also, in those hubs, the primary focus will be the older student, the adult student, the student who uh, is 25, 35, 40 years old, who is looking to uh, change the career path, looking to get into something else, or looking to get into college for the first time. Those are people who aren't going to come to Big Rapids and live in a residence hall on Fair State's campus. We want to deliver that education to them. And so um, that will be uh, a focus that will be in partnership, as this university has done so long with our community college partners across the state. Those five hubs will be uh, servicing those students who are at those community colleges who are then looking to leave that community college and go after that bachelor's or even master's degree. Uh, It's a very focused effort with these student success hubs. Yeah, and I was reading about the Ferris State University student success hubs and how you are partnering uh, with these two-year junior colleges and what a great move all across Michigan. And I know your experience being the former president at Grand Rapids Community College, it was the perfect fit to move forward as a university with Ferris and expand statewide and connect to those two-year schools. Oh, you're spot on with it, Bill, because what we need to do is make sure that a four-year university, Ferris State in this case, we want to make sure that we are at the other end of that community college experience. They finish that associate degree. We want to be that institution standing there at the door saying, hey, if, you, if you're done, that's one thing. But let's think about how we can now go forward and get this bachelor's degree done. Here is an opportunity. We want to make sure it is a smooth pathway for any of those students to finish with that community college, then come on and become a bulldog. And you have the beautiful campus in Big Rapids, but these hubs just really – uh, become feeder areas into the main campus or now with the expansion of online academics and so much more, uh, you reach the entire state of Michigan. Well, and I just heard from one of our uh, graduates uh, and one of our alumni just as, uh, earlier this week that talked about the fact that he was able to finish a Ferris State degree. He said it was the best thing that he could have done. He finished that degree. He said, you know, the thing about it, I didn't have to leave my home. Because we've been doing this work for a while now. 
It's just with these hubs, we're putting more framework around it. We're being a lot more intentional around it so that uh, some, someone who is in the, who lives in those areas across the state, if they aren't able to come and take advantage of this beautiful campus here in Big Rapids, we want to make sure that Ferris State is still accessible to them. Ferris State University President Dr. Bill Pink joining us on another Moving Ferris Forward interview. Happens weekly on the HUGE show across Michigan. You can find out more about everything Ferris has to offer at ferris.edu. Before I let you go, I mentioned the retreat, a couple of days of meetings and talking about the future, uh, the present and future of Ferris with your board of trustees down in Detroit and also your expansion into the Detroit market in Southeast Michigan. How were those two days in the Motor City? They were absolutely awesome. It is a huge statement for Ferris State uh, Board of Trustees to host its retreat, three-day planning retreat, to host that in Detroit. I mean, that's huge because that speaks to the city of Detroit in helping that city and that region to know Ferris State is serious about what it does in that city and in that region of the Southeast. And so for our, our board to be together, for us to strategize about Ferris State, but even part of that conversation was about how we strategize and about the work in Southeast Michigan, that was, so, uh, uh, that was so, such a strong statement for this institution. We had people from the community who joined us for dinner on Monday night um, to really, for us to really make a strong statement to them. Got a, a lot of folks excited about what we're doing. Got them excited about the fact that Brutus the Bulldog is going to show his face quite a bit more in the city of Detroit. We're excited. Dr. Bill Pink, uh, Ferris State University president, joining us on another moving Ferris Forward interview. Dr. Pink, always good to hear your voice. Enjoy the weekend, my man. You too, my brother. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, uh, Dr. Bill Pink. Uh, from Ferris State University, ferris.edu if you want to find out more about their student success hubs all across Michigan or uh, their beautiful campus in Big Rapids, ferris.edu. Big. Bad. Huge.